right, thank you, Dave. Good morning, everyone. Just want to bring a quick introduction for you of our, our preacher this morning. As was mentioned, his name's Pastor Kenny. And how I met Pastor Kenny is by seeing him walk his dog past my house every morning. And sometimes we think we're the only Christian on the block, right? I live in a little town called Lomita. But over time, I would see him walk by. He's kind of a big guy, so I was like, if, if something goes down, I'm getting Pastor Kenny uh, to help me out here in the neighborhood. But he would walk by, and then I'd see him at the coffee shop, and he'd be doing ministry. And so eventually, we struck up a friendship just by being neighbors. And through talking to one another, we just found so much in common. And he serves a church and, and planted a church called Remembrance Community Church in Lomita. And so I'm really excited for you to hear the message from him. He is a firefighter and also a pastor. I think he does both of those things full time, essentially. I'll ask his wife about that, but um, he's a busy guy and uh, he's just doing such wonderful kingdom work. And so I'm excited to introduce you to him. And he just got off a shift at 7.30 this morning. Um, came right to the church in order to bring this message. So will you welcome Pastor Kenny to go? Thank you, Pastor Peter. Am I on? We good? All right. It is really a treat to be here with you, St. Andrew's Church. Uh, Blanca, my wife, and I have a special affection for St. Andrew's Church. Uh, on June 6th, 1998, we got married right here in this spot where I'm standing right now, uh, and it's been a joy. <laughs> uh, like Peter said, I, I, I get to be a pastor. We live in the city of Lomita. I grew up here in Redondo, just right by Toledo Elementary School and the Christmas lights. Grew up. My dad was a police officer here in Redondo, knew Pastor Mark Nazarian uh, back, way back when. Went to Redondo Union High School. And then we moved to uh, Lamita, and we've been there for our, all of our uh, married lives and uh, have had the joy of pastoring a small church there in Lamita for the last nine years that we planted. Uh, and it's a joy. Uh, and then, like Peter said, I also get to serve as a firefighter paramedic. I just work on the other side of uh, Long Beach in Los Alamitos uh, in Orange County. Uh, and I got off this morning, and it is so good to be here with you guys. And one more thing about myself that you might be interested to know, um, I've never been pregnant. Uh, I, I've never experienced the God Almighty of the universe literally forming a child in my womb. Um, I don't have a womb. Um, and uh, I'd never experienced the suffering that goes with child labor. Uh, but my wife did. We have two daughters, uh, 17 and 22. And I do remember I was a part of the process uh, as a husband. And I do remember going to classes, which scared the, I don't know what, uh, out of me as a 20-something-year-old kid uh, 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 learning about childbirth. Uh, and, but they kept telling us, and I remember this clearly, they kept telling us, and specifically as the coach, as the husband, that you need to remember while you're going through the suffering that there's a reward at the end of that process. There's a baby at the end of the process. You're going to get to hold 
and take home with you. And, 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 and so we got to, to, to go through that. And I, I can guarantee you that if you were to ask my wife Blanca now about that childbirth, the labor, she would say something like, it's not worth comparing to the joy that our two daughters have been in our lives. And of course, as you guys are are digging slowly through Romans chapter 8, you should remember, that should sound familiar, right? Last week, you looked at a passage and Paul said that these present sufferings that we face, right? Any of you guys not face sufferings in your life? It's hard. Jesus said it would be hard. He goes, here's a promise. How many of you guys have ever done that? They go like, let's just call out a promise in the Bible. And then somebody jumps up and goes, in this life, there will be troubles. Right? But that was a promise Jesus made. But then he goes, but, do, but don't lose heart because I've overcome the world. In other words, he's coming back. Right? So there's this, this idea that Paul is, is digging into uh, in Romans chapter 8. These present sufferings that we face, uh, they're not worth comparing to the reward, to the glory that will be revealed on the day of Christ Jesus. Amen? He's coming back. And we need to remember that. And so, and then he moves on into today's passage that we're going to look at. And he uses the analogy of childbirth. That's why I bring it up. I'm not that weird, guys. It's not a, the factoid I chose I thought would be most interesting. It relates to the passage, childbirth. Because there's something about the analogy of childbirth that Paul uses because it's a great analogy for what it looks like to live faithfully as people of resilient hope, who, who look forward to the future, who can endure the hardships of this life well, and in the process become more and more like Jesus through the process, all the time knowing that the best is yet to come, that he's coming back. And so, spoiler alert, the analogy is going to look like this. Though life is often painful, and it is, and if you're here and you feel like, I'm just not okay, it's okay to not be okay. Right, Pastor Peter? It's okay to not be okay. Life can be hard. Paul's not teaching us not to experience hardship as hard, not to suffer, not to struggle, not to grieve. He's not saying don't do those things. He's just saying that there's something greater uh, ahead. There's a reward, and that's how you get through uh, the childbirth. Remember the reward. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and on the future reward of the glory that will be revealed, then we can endure with resilient hope. And so we're going to be looking at Romans 8, through 25. You have your pew Bible or your Bible or your phone. I'm good with all of those. Um, but you guys are reading through Romans chapter 8, and I think it's beautiful, just very slowly, a couple verses at a time. As you do that, it's also important to step back a little bit and understand the bigger context of what's going on. Or you could misinterpret the small chunk if you don't understand the bigger chunk. And so as we prepare to read this small, beautiful passage, analogy about childbirth and our faith and our hope, I want to just share with you three things that I think are important for us to keep in mind about what Paul is actually doing and the way that he's writing this letter. And the first thing is this, he's, he's using over and over again in the book of Romans, the, these tenses, the past, the present, 
and the future, right? What God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do, right? I would say these are the gospel, what God has done, right? What the Lord is, who God is, what God has done, what God is doing, what God has promised is all good news. And Paul uses that. The idea would be like, you were saved, right? Some of you guys remember the exact moment. You go, when were you saved? Oh, I remember that moment when I was saved. But you also are being saved. Paul says that in Corinthians in both of his letters, you are being saved and you will be saved. He uses that in Philippians, right? You, you will be saved. You, you, you were saved, you, you, you are being saved, and you will be saved. And he does that to remind us that being a Christian is a process. It's a process. It's not a one-and-done type thing. It's a process throughout your life. And so Paul is using this. He wants you to remember that it's a process. So he keeps using this literary device. And then in chapter 5 through 8, we have one common theme. We're in chapter 8, but he began a common theme uh, uh, back in chapter 5. And it's this. Uh, in, Roman, in Romans 5, 3, he goes, We also glory in our sufferings. Or another way to say that is we rejoice in our sufferings. How many of you guys do that? I mean, honestly. You go through the sufferings, and how many of you guys are just like, yes, suffering, opportunity for growth. But that's what he says. He goes, we also glory in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that, the, that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. So somehow, suffering is a part of the process of what God is doing, and it should produce hope as we remember what he's done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Are we with me? And then lastly, in this section, uh, in chapter 8, he actually, not only is it for, between chapter 5 and 8 all one theme, he actually brings us back to Genesis and shows us that this is the whole narrative of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And last week you might have remembered, he says, uh, the whole creation has been frustrated. That's a nod back to Genesis chapter 3 when it talks about the curse after the fall. When he says, Adam, because of the fall, you will now labor, be frustrated as you garden, as you tend, as you work the soil. You'll literally, same, same idea, you'll be, it'll be more frustrating now. How many of you guys have experienced that in this life, that work can be frustrating, people can be frustrating, life can be frustrating? Well, be encouraged, you're not alone. And it's not new. It's not new. This has always been the experience. The, the creation has always been frustrated, he says. And then what happens, that's, what, that's Adam's part of the curse, right? You'll be frustrated with the work uh, of the creation. And then what about for Eve? You'll have pain in childbearing. So isn't it interesting here? Paul's like, gives an analogy about frustration of creation and then one about childbearing, the pain of childbearing, he's bringing us back to Genesis 3. 
And we need to remember that also in Genesis 3 is what's called the Proto-Evangelone, the first announcement in the Bible of a salvation plan comes actually in Genesis 3 right after that. And he says that the offspring of Adam, one day an offspring of Adam will crush the serpent's head. And in the process, the serpent will strike his heel. Jesus on the cross was struck at his heel by the serpent, but also on the cross he crushed Satan. Sin and death. This was announced in Genesis chapter 3. So there's this pictures that, that Paul is bringing up in this passage, and they're beautiful. I just didn't want you to miss those because we're, we're reading a smaller a chunk. And for us, the already Jesus has paid the full price. But in the, this present time, we're suffering with eager anticipation, and we look forward to a wonderful hope. And then somehow remembering this should give us resilient hope. So let's read together in Romans chapter 8, verses 20 through 2 through 25. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. You hear that? The whole creation groaning with this pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And, and not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. So who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You were saved. You're being saved. Now there's this time of eager anticipation, waiting, right? We're in a time of waiting, but we don't wait. We, we don't wait like people who don't have hope. We wait in eager anticipation. And we remember the best is yet to come. That Jesus will come back and make all things new. And so the creation has been groaning in childbirth. It's just past tense. We eagerly wait our adoption, but right now we groan inwardly. Again, if life feels hard, it's because life is hard. It's okay to not be okay. But, but we remember that God is involved in the process. We're the first fruits of the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Father. You get the Trinitarian language here. We get the Father who adopts us, right? Who adopts you? A Father. There's Father language in here. We have Jesus in here who saves us, who, who, who saved us, who is saving us, and who will save us. And we have the Holy Spirit in here. We have everything we need for life and godliness, Paul says in another letter. And we eagerly wait for our adoption, which is the promise, redemption of our bodies. And what does this knowledge produce? Knowing this, living this way, having a, 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 a godly biblical perspective of the past, the present, and the future, what does, that, what does that produce in us? Resilient hope. Resilient hope. 
And this has been building, like I said, since chapter 5. It's also been building since Genesis chapter 3, right? There's this, there's this building of hope, uh, and it's really important. We can find joy and contentment with our present struggles because they produce perseverance, which forms in us godly character And this builds to our ability to have resilient hope. When you go through the struggles that you go through, how you go through those struggles matters. Is, are you allowing God to work in and through those struggles? As you persevere with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the whole church, right? And the scriptures and and all of the things that he's given us, are we clinging to those and going through those with hope so that we persevere, we go through them as people who have hope, and is that producing character in us? And, And then remembering back, how many of you guys have been through some stuff, and God got you through? And I see as you remember that, I persevered, and it built some character in me, And the next thing that comes, I know I can handle too because I have God with me that gives you hope. And not only that, there's a future coming where he will wipe away every tear. And and he's going to renew all things. And the best is yet to come. I've been through some stuff. I endured with Christ through the Holy Spirit. I've grown from that experience. It's developed character in me. I love the fact that you guys as a church uh, pause and slow down to do liturgy. As one of my favorite uh, authors, pastors, thinkers, uh, Dallas Willard said, slow down and be with Jesus. Become more like Jesus. So that over time, you begin to live your life the way Jesus would live your life if he were you. Slow down and be with Jesus. And part of that process is in the middle of the suffering. Slow down and remember the past, the present, and the future. Remember, remember the gospel, what God has done, what God is doing, what God will do, who God is. And this is important for us to be people of hope because as Paul told us last week, you guys looked at it, it's part of this section though. He said that the creation waits in eager anticipation for the sons and daughters to show up. What does that mean? It means what this world needs, whether they know it or not, what they're waiting for in their soul that's been birthed in them through creation, what they're waiting for is the church, you, me, to rise up and be people of hope that they can look to and say, wow, I can see God in them because of the hope they have in God. As these people wait in eager anticipation for the hope that is to come, I can watch them and see and wait in eager anticipation with them, through them. God's hope for the world, the mystery of God's hope for the world, Paul says in Colossians, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the, God's plan for this planet is for the church, for God to work in the church and through the church, that people can see hope. 
That's why Peter in his epistle said, always be ready to give an answer when anybody asks you about the hope you have in Christ. Right? We just be people of resilient hope, and then that's our evangelism plan, right? That people would go, oh, I can see the way that you go through stuff. I can see the way that you work. I can see the way that you do what you do. I can see that you have hope, and I want to ask you about it. Where do you get that hope? And then it says, always be ready to give an answer for that hope. In Thessalonians, Paul goes, hey, we, we should be people that grieve. I mean, the church is terrible at grieving. It's okay when things are hard. We should learn how to grieve. But we don't grieve like people who don't have hope. We grieve like people who do have hope. And then people watch that. They see that. They see how we do what we do, even in grieving. And they go, oh, I can see you have something I don't have. What is it? And then Paul in Romans is reminding us that the way we conduct ourselves through the rugged suffering and struggles and what we just call life sometimes, right? It's just so common. We say, that's just life, right? But how we go through life matters. When we persevere in faith and through the various trials, then we grow in our character to become more like Jesus. And we become more like Jesus, and then people can see that, and then they ask about the hope we have in Jesus. And that's what the world's waiting for, Paul says. That's the hope. So how? Where do we begin? Well, I want to close my time with you, and I want to give you just three uh, practical uh, tips uh, building off of Paul's analogy of childbirth, of pregnancy. What does it look like to be pregnant with hope? To have resilient hope. What does it look like? The first thing is very practical, I would say. Uh, It's always, because it's a process, there's a process going on. You were saved, you're being saved, you're in the process of becoming more like Jesus, of being sanctified is is kind of the biblical word, right? You're in a process. And, and because you're in a process, it's always a good day to get your stuff together, right? It's a great day to get your stuff together. And I bring this up in the idea of pregnancy. I used to be a youth pastor in my 20s, and I won't tell you how old I am, but I'll just tell you that all those kids are now married and having kids themselves, and it's an awkward point in life to realize, wow, I'm, I'm getting older, uh, but with hope right? But I had a great opportunity. One of my youth group kids from way back when got married, actually graduated from UCLA. I was super proud of him, got a great job, got married, and then was pregnant. He now had that child. But I was talking to him when he was in the middle of his wife's pregnancy and said, hey, Peter, you know, what are you doing to get ready to be a dad? And Peter's always been super honest. He goes, you know, the first thing that I did as I stopped smoking the devil's lettuce. And that was his way of using the term that was obsessed for marijuana, right? He got a bad habit. And I know there's some medical medicinal purposes, but that wasn't his story. And he's like, that, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get my stuff together. Let me get my stuff together, Pastor Kenny, and I'm going to stop. And as a matter of fact, he had already stopped smoking marijuana. And then he said, I'm going to sell my project truck. He had this really cool Chevy truck. And I was like, you know, as a dude, I'm like, you don't have to do that. That's not God's will. He's like, no, I want to. I want to. Why? 
I just want to have my head clear, and I, the time that I would spend on that and the money that I would spend on that, I just want to spend that on my wife and my kid. I want to get my life together. I'm really proud of you, Peter. It's always a good opportunity in this idea of being pregnant. Part of that, the, the wise thing to do if you're, being, if, you're, if you're pregnant with hope, if you're preparing yourself to be pregnant with hope, to be resilient, a hopeful person, it's always a good day to get your stuff together. Today's the day of salvation. It doesn't just mean redemption. It doesn't just mean salvation from your sin. It's also, today's a good day to let God change you a little bit more into his likeness. Today's a good day. As a paramedic, I I had to experience childbirth uh, with my wife uh, twice and then hundreds of times now as a paramedic. And I've been trained now as a paramedic when, when, I, when I go, someone calls 911 and it's a childbirth issue, there's questions that we are trained to ask. And I always ask, it's very pertinent, uh, have you seen your doctor? You're pregnant? Have you seen your doctor? Have you had your regular doctor visits? Have there been any complications? It helps me understand what I'm coming into, what I'm dealing with. And then I always ask, uh, have you been taking your prenatal vitamins? Well, if you're taking your prenatal vitamins and you're, you're, you've gotten that habit, I just assume you're probably doing other things because you're concerned about your health. And so the second point is we should be concerned about our spiritual health. We should maybe, if there's things that we need to get right with God, if we need to get our lives, today's a good day. You know, talk to someone about that, right? Have you seen your doctor? Maybe you need to make an appointment to, 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 with one of the pastors or someone you know who's, who, who, who knows the scriptures a little further along than you. Like, get some accountability. Tell someone what God's calling you to do. You know, what are the spiritual habits that, that you know help you be spiritually healthy? Here's a fact. Most, most Christians don't cease to grow because they don't know what to do. They just stop doing what they already know. What are the things that God might be stirring in you? Like, have that perspective. I want to be healthy. And I'll have the worship team come back up as I land this plane. And the third one is this. It's what Paul's been talking about for three chapters, and it's what I believe the Bible talks about all throughout, is that we want to be people who live with the, the idea and the, and the promise of a greater reward. We need to be people who look forward to what is to come. When you're pregnant, you will go through child labor, child pain. But, but in the middle of that, remember, there's a reward at the end of that process. There's a baby. Well, for us as believers, as we go through the process of life, which involves suffering and pain, We go through it with hope, and part of that is remembering there is a reward at the end of the process, that Jesus will come back. He will. He will come back. He will make all things new. He will right all wrongs. It's a narrative all throughout the Bible. It says, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. I want to pray, and then we'll worship, and then we'll send you off with a benediction. Holy Spirit.
pray that you would just come even right now and that you would help us to think through what we can do to be pregnant with hope. And I just believe there's probably some very practical next steps for all of us. And for some of us, you've just stirred up some things that, uh, that we need to deal with. I pray that today you would give us the courage to do that and that you would help us to do it well, not in secret, but to, but to, to find someone else to, to come alongside us and to help, that we would get our stuff together. And I pray, God, that you would give us a, a, a passion to be spiritually healthy. And if we don't know what to do, we should ask, but most of us know some things that we should do. I pray that you would just help us to to really just go back to the doctor and get on our prenatal vitamins, whatever that looks like spiritually for us. And God, I just pray that you would help lift us up high enough to see beyond this earth in this moment and to see, to have our minds fixed on what's above and what's coming in the future of all that you've promised because of who you are we have hope. Because of what you've done, we can have hope no matter how messed up our life has become. And because you're coming back, we can have hope and we cannot lose heart. I pray that you would do that in us in Jesus' name.